I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Good morning, Prakoptan. Welcome back. Today is Tuesday. That makes it the perfect day for Seneca. Today, we're diving into letter number 32. Before we start, I'd like to let you know that we've created a tip jar for listeners who are interested in giving one-time, non-recurring support. Premium subscribers, I know you're hearing this and thinking, this sounds like an ad. It's not necessarily aimed at you, but I didn't want to have to create two separate episode files just to let people know about this. So forgive me this one time. You can provide one-time elective support by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash tip. Now here is letter 32 from Seneca. I have been asking about you and inquiring of everyone who comes from your part of the country, what you are doing and where you are spending your time and with whom. You cannot deceive me for I am with you. Live just as if I were sure to get news of your doings, nay, as if I were sure to behold them myself. And if you wonder what particularly pleases me that I hear concerning you, it is that I hear nothing that most of those whom I ask do not know what you are doing. This is sound practice, to refrain from associating with men of different stamp and different aims. And I am indeed confident that you cannot be warped, that you will stick to your purpose, even though the crowd may surround and seek to distract you. What, then, is on my mind? I am not afraid lest they work a change in you, but I am afraid lest they may hinder your progress. And much harm is done, even by one who holds you back, especially since life is so short. And we make it still shorter by our unsteadiness, by making ever-fresh beginnings at life, now one and immediately another. We break up life into little bits and fritter it away. Hasten ahead, then, dear Lucilius, and reflect on how greatly you would quicken your speed if an enemy were at your back, or if you suspected the cavalry were approaching and pressing hard upon your steps as you fled. It is true, the enemy is indeed pressing upon you. You should therefore increase your speed and escape away to reach a safe position, remembering continually what a noble thing it is to round out your life before death comes and then await in peace the remaining portion of your time, claiming nothing for yourself since you are in possession of the happy life. 
for such a life is not made happier for being longer. Oh, when shall you see the time when you shall know that this means nothing to you, when you shall be peaceful and calm, careless of the morrow, because you are enjoying your life to the full? Would you know what makes men greedy for the future? It is because no one has yet found himself. Your parents, to be sure, asked other blessings for you, but I myself pray rather that you may despise all those things which your parents wished you in abundance. Their prayers plunder many another person, simply that you may be enriched. Whatever they make over to you must be removed from someone else. I pray that you may get such control over yourself that your mind, now shaken by wandering thoughts, may at last come to rest and be steadfast, that it may be content with itself and, having attained an understanding of what things are truly good, and they are in our possession as soon as we have this knowledge, that it may have no need of added years. He has at length passed beyond all necessities. He has won his honorable discharge and is free, who still lives after his life has been completed. There's actually an element of last week's letter in this one. Quote, Imagine that I am always with you, Musilius. End quote. That I know what you're up to. I often think it's interesting to imagine that Lucilius isn't real, that Seneca is dealing with some sort of personality disorder vis-a-vis Fight Club and is using his letters to interface with his other self. This one certainly reads that way in spots, doesn't it? Still, that's not the case, of course. At least we don't know it is. And we should focus on the contents of the letter instead of my vivid imagination. So let's do that now. I love this letter so much because it beats into you two of the best pieces of advice that I have ever received as an adult. Number one, that those who care for you do not want the best for you. Not really. Not when you pull back the covers. And two, that you would run your ass off if you were being chased by a murdering psychopath trying to kill you. So maybe you should hurry just as much when it is actual death that is certainly on your heels. Let's start with the first. Your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, your grandparents, they love you, of course. Well, if you're lucky, they do, but I assume they do. And when someone loves you, in the non-Stoic sense, they want the best for you. But there's an important caveat to that desire. They tend to define best differently than perhaps they should. And frequently, they define it as imagining a life for you that has no struggle no challenge, and no pain. Those who love you in the non-Stoic sense will do all that they can to help you, to ease you, to set you up to be a big, fat, useless marshmallow who can't do anything for themselves and is generally useless to the cosmopolis as a whole. Now, maybe that's not your mom. Maybe your mom smacks you on the butt with a wooden spoon whenever you slack on your prosecce, but probably not. And it's not a lot of people's mothers or fathers or loved ones. And what is good for you? What is good in Stoicism? Virtue. Not wealth, not health, not fitness, not ease of life, not any of that stuff. Those things aren't bad either, of course. The only bad is vice. And I will beat this into your head every chance I get because Kai is constantly beating it into mine. Is your mother helping you develop virtue? Is she helping you to develop a great character? Of course she's not. I mean, to be fair, she may be encouraging it to some degree, as may your father be or anyone else, 
But the mother who refuses to pick you up from the drunk tank when you've had too much fun on your Saturday night when you're just 17, that mother is doing more to build your character than is the parent who says, oh no, my sweet baby boy or girl, they're in there with those ruffians, and then flies to your rescue so that you learn nothing about how consequences work. There's a balance, of course, and no parent is the same as any other, but I would offer that no parent is wholly and only concerned with developing your virtuous character. They love you too much in the non-Stoic sense to do that, don't they? So we should try to be careful when taking advice from our parents because what they often want from us is low risk, high reward, low struggle, high ease. And these things are not usually the things which aid in the development of our character. That is to say, these things don't often provide the same number of, let's say, opportunities to practice virtue. Though, of course, Kai would argue with me here, and he would say, well, a fortunate, easy-living person has just as many opportunities to work on virtue as the poor and unfortunate, as they are faced with different but equally difficult challenges, like greed, for example. To which I would say, yes, but do they have even a moment to be given the excuse to examine themselves, to see that they have those challenges? I think it is more difficult for a person without struggle to value character than it is for someone with a great number of struggles. I mean, Epictetus was a slave before he became a philosopher. He was not a king. Marcus Aurelius was, you know, the Roman equivalent of a king, an emperor. But he lost his father at a young age and all but one of his sons. So it seems that struggle is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of people, at least in my experience, and it seems, historically speaking, as well. But not always. I know that. The second really good piece of advice that I've gotten that this letter reminds me of, and then we will wrap it up, here's that. Why are you afraid of death but don't act like it? You're fretting your mortality, but damned if you don't waste time like you and death were best pals, and it wasn't chasing you down at every moment with a bloody sickle. But he is, isn't he? And this isn't a reminder of memento mori. Certainly, you've seen enough Ryan Holiday tweets and videos for that saying to have lost almost all of its meaning. Instead, it's a call to refocus on your own hypocrisy. You say memento mori, and maybe you have a tattoo somewhere that says the same, but what are you doing with that reminder? Once you're done listening to this podcast, for example, what are you going to do? I mean, listen, if you're just relaxing, that's fine. Relaxing is the appropriate thing to do sometimes, to take stock of your life, for example. But take a snapshot of the last month. How much have you done towards the development of your character? Is it enough? The answer isn't yes only if you've achieved sagehood. The answer is yes if you feel that it is yes. I can't tell you how much rest you need versus how much prosake. Only you can do that. But are you assessing yourself regularly? Time has a tendency to slip past unnoticed. For example, this podcast was a year old three months ago. Now it's three months older. I'll blink and it will be two years old. And you'll be two years older than you were when it started. And so will I. Those are years, my friend. Entire years. Don't let the ease with which those years slip by make it easy for you to ignore the only good. Don't you dare.
Thank you for listening today. I appreciate you being here. If you have not joined our Discord community yet, which is free, what the heck is wrong with you? It is a great place. It's terrific. It's the best place. It might be the second good. No, I'm kidding, but it is great. So come by. It's free. Stoicismpod.com forward slash Discord and join in on the conversations that happen there. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take care. Take care.